All right, what are you guys talking about? Um, no. What? Romans. What? All right, um, same questions as always. Who wrote it? Um, obviously Paul. Who's that guy? He used to be Saul. He's an apostle to the Romans. Okay, and to a whole bunch of other people. Why is it different than other things Paul wrote? Because he's never been to Rome. I don't know. Well, he did eventually, right? Well, eventually. And he appealed to Caesar. So he wrote this letter ahead where the rest of his letters he wrote back. Yeah. Oh. To kind of teach. He was writing his letters back to, to kind of teach those churches that he set up, but he wrote this one to get the church ready. Um, why does Paul want to go to Rome? Why, you said he appealed to Caesar. Yes. Why? Because um, because he wanted to talk to him face to face and that um, he was like telling people, and so they accused him of like starting riots, and they beat him, and then um, then he was like, "Well, I'm a Roman citizen, so I'm gonna appeal to Caesar." So Rome is the capital of most of the known world at that point, the Western world, right? And that's why he wants to go there because if you start at the center, it will eventually end up everywhere. So his goal is to spread the gospel. What's the gospel? Good news. That's one way to say it. Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Story of Jesus. From from before before and after. From Christmas. Actually, it's from before creation. (laughs) Christmas is a pretty big event. Well, that is Just a little bit. It's, you know, the creating savior, <laughs> becoming man. Pretty big deal. All right, uh, chapter one, what happened? Chapter one. Of Romans. This is only our part four, guys. That's it. I wasn't here for creation is about Okay. So uh, I'll kind of just roll through this. Paul starts out happy with his un- introduction. And then he... Doesn't he let the cat out of the bag or something like that? Yeah, he says the power is in the gospel. But then he gives us a description of human nature and says everybody's guilty. Yeah, you've done wrong. Oh, oh, that is still part of the Yep. Human nature, the thought, rebel, God. Yes. All right, so then chapter two... Chapter 2 is, the Jews are also guilty. It's not enough. Right. It's not enough to have the law and to live it. You have to have a relationship and have a change in your heart to have the power of the gospel. So the Jews are not enough. Are not. The Jews are also guilty. All right, chapter three. Oh. This was Levi last week. Yeah. But I'm sure we talked about Romans. 
I'm sure you did. And call. <laughs> Think, remember, seven days. It's so oh. hard. Privileges of the Jews. Okay. So the Jews are are set apart, right? God did choose them to bring us God uh, his word, but uh you know, Paul is reiterating that it's not enough to just follow that word. It's not enough to follow the law. What you have to do is you have to believe in Jesus. Believe that he died for you, all right? Believe Faith equals salvation. All right? And then in chapter 4, we talk about an example. Paul essentially says... Sorry. I'm leaving it over there because I'm going to do other stuff over there later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, chapter 4, we talked about an example. I believe I talked to you about Abraham? Abraham, yes. Okay. I know who that is. Who's Abraham? Abraham. Alright, so essentially what Paul is saying, faith is how you get salvation, and I'm going to bring up Abraham because faith was always the way that you got salvation. Right? It's nothing new, actually. It's not what Abraham did that made him special. It's the fact that he believed God's promises. Okay, was he the one talking to him? Because Moses a lot. Okay. Like the one he was like, the book of the Uh, no, that, that I think, Moses, that's right? Moses. Yeah. yeah. See, I told you. But like, he's in Romans, so like, you know, Abraham, did he talk to a bush? Abraham is Father Abraham. That's also Moses. Father Abraham, and he had one side, and he went on Next year, I will know who is Moses. So okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know if that's like explicitly wrong, but implicitly, absolutely, right? We've all been circumcised in spirit, is what Paul says. Yeah. All right. So, that's as far as we've got, gotten so far. Abraham justified your faith. Today we're going to cover chapter 5 and 6. All right. And Paul is going to take this argument that he's setting up, right? Everybody's guilty. It's not enough to just follow the rules and be a good person. You have to have faith to be saved from your human nature. And that's actually the way it's always been. The fact that Jesus died on the cross now isn't anything new the gift that he gave spread out <laughs> through past, present, and future, and it's available for everybody. Um, so this faith thing is nothing new. We're going to pick up his argument in chapter 5. Start reading for me in around, starting at verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Oof. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some will even get to die. But God condemned his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Okay. So Paul is taking us back to his thought from earlier chapters. Remember, everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all unworthy, and yet Jesus died for us. He says, you probably wouldn't die for a bad man. You might not even want to die for a good man, but Jesus died for everybody. All right? Even me. So keep going. Verse 9. All right, so Jesus took our place. Paul is reminding us that the wages of sin is death. That price had to be paid no matter what. So faith and praise is the natural reaction to that. All right, that's what he's saying here. Uh, wouldn't you trust someone who saved your life? Like pulled you up off a cliff? God is asking the same of us to believe in the power of his forgiveness. Keep going, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death regained from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. All right. A figure of him who was to come. Mine says, who is a type of him who is to come. What does it mean to be a type of him who was to come? got it we did a whole series actually uh a few years ago i think uh you remember that we did types of christ audrey remembers i'm sure i know the father the son and the holy spirit so uh there's a whole bunch of examples in the bible uh but a type of christ is god giving us hints throughout the Old Testament, to say, you know, Jesus is going to be like this, or Jesus is going to be similar to this, but different oh. in a few important ways. Yes, and it was like, yes, I remember this. Okay, <laughs> so Paul is going to do this for us. He's going to lay out the similarities and important differences between Christ and Adam, okay? So we'll make a chart. Adam and sin. And it is! Yes, teacher. <laughs> and so good at those. Christ and salvation. Or the circle ones. Ah, uh, yes, the Ben guy. <laughs> so, uh, start reading at verse 15 and finish at verse 21, wherever we left off. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For it, through the offense of one, many be 
much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has, hath abounded unto men. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to con condemnation. 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 But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For it by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all the men of justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin had reigned unto death, and even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Alright. That was the lot. Yeah. I got two words left to write, so. Yeah. Alright. I basically went verse by verse when I was making this t chart for myself. So we have by uh, the offense, many die. So Adam's initial sin. Sin came into the world because of that. Conversely, grace, Jesus dying on the cross, grace is getting something we don't deserve. Many live, right? Judgment and condemnation from one offense. The difference for Christ is we have free justification of many offenses, right? This one act was uh, condemnation for all uh, from Adam, but Christ's one act is free justification also for all, right? Much more than that, in fact. Uh, Adam, death reigns. <clears throat> Christ, Christ reigns. With Adam, uh, there was judgment for all. With Christ, there is justification for all. With Adam, sin abounds. With Christ, grace abounds. And with Adam, there is death. And with Christ, there is eternal life. So Paul draws our attention to all of these similarities and the key differences. Why? What's he trying to say? What's the summary? <laughs> That's like a good Sunday school answer. <laughs> you know, like, better than man. Oh, absolutely. Right? Much, 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 much. It is. So what I've, what I've written down for this answer, answer is death entered the world through one man's sin, but life came more abundantly in every way through Christ Jesus. Because of him, we can believe and take his righteousness upon us so that we would appear righteous in the eyes of God today. All right? So that's why he's so clear about this and the differences. It's kind of cool how Adam is that picture of Christ. 
that way, though. Let's keep reading verse 6, chapter 1. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus, Christ were baptized into his death. All right. So we know that Paul is this master at creating a persuasive argument, right? And here in chapter 6, he's going to craft this super logical statement for us, uh, where he says, even though we are forgiven, that doesn't mean we can continue to do whatever we want. Just like Christ died on the cross, we must leave behind our old sinful life. And Christ's gift of love demands our commitment to live in him instead of living in sin. But I think Paul says it better than I can. Uh, I'm going to erase my teacher here because I'm going to make another one. trying to summarize these <laughs> long sections here that Paul, you know, just, just says so much. He says so much in, in so little amount of time, so that's why I'm trying to summarize it, you know, succinctly for you guys. So here we have Christ, and who do you think is on the other side of the T-chart today? Man. Us. Yeah. You and me. Son of man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we are going to read Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 4 and ending at verse 14. All right. Did you get all that? Yes. Sure. 
actually, like taking a step back, chapter five and six here are some of the more clear, like at face value messages uh, <clears throat> that we've had so far in Romans from Paul. So let's go through the T-chart that I wrote out as you guys were reading. So for Christ, it was the cross. For us, it is baptism. And this can be a physical baptism or it can be a spiritual baptism. The whole idea is that we're going to leave our old life behind when we make this choice, when we have this heart-to-heart -heart conversation with Christ. Uh, Christ was raised from the dead. We're going to be born again. We're not going to be the same person. We're going to be a new creature. Christ had his death and resurrection. For us, it's going to be our old and new life. We're leaving sin behind. For Christ, death had no dominion, has no dominion. For us, we have to live in such a way that sin has no dominion, that it's not going to control us. For Christ, he lives to God, and because of that, we have the opportunity to live to God through Christ. <laughs> Just like Paul drew a comparison between Jesus and Adam in chapter 5, he brings our actions, our actions, into focus. Paul says the natural reaction and the duty of someone who knows that Christ died for them is to leave your sinful ways behind. Paul says, Jesus died for you. Act like it. All right? So we'll continue tracing Paul's argument through this book of Romans next week as he lays out more of his case for Christ. Uh, we're coming up on a halfway, uh, though Paul has already said a lot. All right. He said that human nature is to defy God. All right. We've all done it. You can't act good enough to escape judgment. The only way to uh, appear righteous before God is by grace through faith in Jesus. All right. Faith is that key component. This gift is available to all, past, present, and future. So you better act like he died for you and leave that old sinful life behind. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much.